Welcome back, everyone, to Feedback Loop. I'm Joey. And I'm Jeremy. And I started it off that time. Uh, that was me. We're mixing things up today. Uh, yeah. We're having spousal fights, uh, domestic violence uh, ensuing over who starts the podcast. So uh, this week we're letting Joey do it. <laughs> Special. But yeah, this week, we're, uh, <laughs> this week we're talking about uh, Melodrama by Lord, as yep. stated last week. Uh, it was Jeremy's pick. It was. Uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of Lord. Uh, I realized, kind of in a similar vein to the the episode we did for the two men, gentlemen, men, I might have fucked up by by picking this album of Lord. <laughs> uh, and I'll get into that more at the end. But uh, but yeah, I I enjoy this album. I enjoy her prior album, Pure Heroin, just as much, if not maybe a little more, maybe a little less. It's kind of hard to say, but um, yeah. So we'll, we'll just kind of get into it. This this album is uh, 11 tracks long, 41 minutes. A little bit longer than we're usually doing, but, uh, but not, not, not too terribly long. long. Yeah. yeah. It's not like it's an hour length. or something. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. That we're never going to ridiculous. listen to an album that's an hour cut to whenever we inevitably do that. We've already done uh, that. I think the Alexa well, Murdoch album was over an hour. Was it? Man, I don't I don't even remember what we do on a weekly basis, <laughs> man. We're we're getting, we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> we're talking about melodrama. The uh the album art, it's uh kind of like a pastel oil painting. Yeah, uh, very of, very nice. Of Lord laying in, in bed, uh with a sheet pulled over, you can see a pillow in the background. It's very it's it's lots of blues. Uh very moody. and the reason it, it is very moody. And I think the reason I actually learned something while uh, over, over the course of this week and, and doing research and stuff, she actually has synesthesia. Ooh, and okay. uh, when she was recording this album or when she got the first couple songs for this album together, it had a very blue look to her. So I think that's probably why this painting used for the album art was chosen uh, yeah, or why it at least has blue. She's the so only much. thing that's like not blue. I mean her shadow. Yeah, you I can guess see it. her skin. So let's get into it. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Track one, green light. This honestly, it might be my least favorite song on the album. Really? It's it's. I don't know. It's kind of generic and poppy. And maybe this was just me like realizing that I fucked up or making making myself think that I fucked up by by recommending this album instead of her prior one. It's kind of a generic poppy uh, breakup song, right? Yeah, it totally is. Uh, and I mean, this is the only song I've heard off this album before, like before this. I actually have yeah. heard this song. Uh, on yeah, like it was a, a big single. Yeah. I can't remember what the other singles were for this album, but yeah. I would imagine Homemade Dynamite is a single, but we'll get to that. But I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's like my, I don't hate the song or anything, but yeah, like you said, it is a pretty generic poppy song, but uh I don't know. It's a little bit too early for you to be thinking that you messed up. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I thought it after I, I, I listened to it a few times and really like kind of dug my claws into it to, to analyze it. But uh, we'll, we'll discuss that at the end. Cause I don't, yeah. don't want to kind of spoil anything too soon. Uh, but yeah, like we said, the song's a breakup song. Uh, this whole album is really like a breakup album. And uh, I found out doing minimal research on this album as I'm wont to do. Uh, th- this whole album was actually aimed at a person. 
she had a uh she was in a relationship i can't remember the guy's name um but this whole album was kind of written about him and their breakup i think he was like something like nine years older than her uh and they they ended up breaking up so a lot of the the themes in this album are about breaking up with him and how that what that means to a celebrity that she to the celebrity that she is i guess yeah um, but yeah so the green light she's looking for the green light is kind of like she's waiting for closure she's looking for some sense of closure and she's not gotten it yet and it kind of comes off as like an optimistic breakup song if that's such a thing where she kind of like she still wants him back maybe or she's still like she she kind of like she she's waiting for the green light i guess to move on yeah that I, I can see that, and I think there's a better example of what you call an optimistic breakup song later in the album. Sure, so, this uh, album's full of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, whole, yeah, this whole album is a breakup album. But that, I mean, that's what music is, isn't it? It's just all breakups. So <laughs> It's all breakups. We kind of touched on this in a, in a prior <laughs> week, that, that you know, breakup, it's, it's a popular thing to, to write about. It's, it's a common motif in pop music. Uh, so while we are hashtag sad boys, uh, we, I don't think we we tend to gravitate towards poppy breakup songs like Taylor Swift esque stuff. No, uh, and I'm a fan of Taylor Swift saying yeah. that. So. She's got some bangers, that's for sure. Yeah, but, but yeah, we... this this before we move on, uh, I just wanted to say the the only interesting thing about the song that's that's really harsh. Uh, not the only interesting thing, but the most interesting <laughs> thing about the song that I noticed. Uh, was kind of towards the end it gets a little bit more distorted uh i thought that was more appealing to me musically because otherwise it's kind of a simple like poppy piano hook kind of thing but yeah go ahead uh take us away so sober like this i don't know this is where i feel like i don't know for the album for me kind of started like i picked I really started to think, okay, okay, maybe I can enjoy this. Yeah. Because uh, this song was a little, little deeper, not just your generic pop hit, whatever, something that's going to go on right. the radio. It starts to talk about, like, it makes perfect sense that you were talking about this whole album is about what it means to her. Because while she is a celebrity, she's also extremely, like, young. So, yeah, I think she was like, uh, I think she she mentioned she was 19 in one of the songs. Yeah, I so know she was she extremely was, young. Because I'm pretty sure she was like 17 whenever, like Royals, and, or 16 maybe, whenever yeah. like, all that stuff she was came young. out. But uh, so just from a young person's perspective, this song seems to be about going out and like partying, whatever, finding a person. And the realization after like the excitement, I guess, that comes from that, the kind of escape from yeah the reality from that it's like she compares it to like you wish a you could find a pill that could give you this rush so it's like better right. than a drug and then yeah, the realization you, you after mentioned, the fact you, you mentioned it it is a party song or it's a song about partying uh and this whole album is uh you'll you'll kind of notice as we discuss this a lot of the songs use this theme of a party quote unquote uh, as kind of a metaphor it's a, it's a big overarching metaphor that the party is her relationship like yeah. or or she uses partying in such a way to to represent aspects of her relationship at the very least so a lot of it on the surface she she's singing about a party 
but it, it's it's deeper than that and it gets more apparent the the further you get into this album i think i have another thought on that i'll br- i'll bring it up i'll table that for now but sure. i i i i agree yeah but, one uh, one thing i will say this the song is the first dark has the first real dark lyrics of the album which is kind of why i, I uh, well fuck it we'll, we'll go ahead and say it. it's kind of why i i regret recommending this one instead of her last one is because there's not as as many of these dark moments i think lyrically that uh her first album had her first album had a really dark feel to it but i'll kind of dive into that deeper at the end um but this song specifically kind of there was a line that that stuck out to me that she says jack and jill get fucked up and possessive when it gets dark and that, that's kind of like the first time in this album that she she kind of goes into that. Like that's not something that you would expect to hear in necessarily a, a pop song, especially not one like about a uh, that's fairly it, this at this point in the album is still fairly standard pop, um, but it kind of gets better in my opinion as it goes on. But yeah, that, that's just something I noted. That, that's it's the first use of like some darker language, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and not to discredit her. pop music, because there's a time and a place for it. People work hard on it. It's it's an art in itself. But you yeah. don't typically hear that type of stuff. And that's kind of what I listen to music for, mostly. Which is why I kind of stay away from it. But right. I did... There's definitely... We'll get into some songs on this that I saw that in. There's three, I think, in particular, that I really really liked so i also have three songs that i really really like on this album Uh-oh. uh the first of which is homemade dynamite actually which oh is the God. next track track three what a segue we're killing it oh. <laughs> uh homemade dynamite is a really fun track uh i like this track for what it is but the song actually has a uh, a deeper connection for me specifically that you probably don't have and that it was written with Tuvlu. Uh, a Swedish electronic pop musician that does a lot of dark pop stuff. I'm I'm a big fan of Tuvlu. Tovlo is the Americanized way of saying it. Man, I will have to check them out then because... Uh, uh... Tuvlu is uh, on my list, and that's the album I mentioned uh, before we started that, that if we kept going down this pop hole, I would take you there because she is like my favorite of this like genre of, of dark pop. So... Oh man, I have I'm an so album excited. of hers that we want to do at some point. Because uh, this is also one of the songs that I really liked on this album. Hell like, yeah. <laughs> I, I like her vocals on it. That's like, I like the chorus more than I like the verse. I kind of like, yeah. I don't know, the, the beat of her voice during the verse, I like. But yes. her, her like actual voice is kind of meh for me but in the chorus yeah no she, she doesn't have a great voice especially for what you would expect in pop music you would expect you know a strong female lead to have a very clean and like perfected almost voice and i think it kind of gives her music character that she doesn't have that uh so maybe that's why i enjoy her as an artist more so than a lot of other pop acts yeah she's got like that smoky kind of like raspy almost voice yeah and I do really like it in a few other songs. And whenever she's singing the chorus, like I like that. But man, there's that little like in the chorus, 
there's the beat and everything and then it'll just like the beat drops out and it hits this little like off key piano synth key yeah and it's just it feels so good and then kind yeah, of that, this, this album has a lot of those moments i think uh, for me i really like i'll just go out and say it because this is the song that made me realize kind of how much i, I was gonna like the music on this album i there's a lot of songs where i really like the music like, yeah i can get behind that, that's my life <laughs> yeah the lyrics are fine but man there's some beats in here that are uh pretty nice pretty nice yeah speaking of of lyrics in the song i, I noted that there was another kind of a dark bit to the song uh the song's kind of uh, about meeting someone new at a party and having an instant connection um kind of going on with that the party theme but at some point, uh, they're talking about how drunk they are. And she says, Mike, get your friend to drive, but he can hardly see. We'll end up painted on the road, red and chrome, all the broken glass sparkling. I yeah. guess we're partying. And that's kind of like, it's so fascinating to me because she's talking about dying in a horrible car crash with her blood and, and shattered glass all over the fucking road. But at the same time, she's like, I guess we're partying. And it, it's such a weird contrast to this poppy party music. To, to just kind of talk about dying in a horrific car crash. Definitely. Like that's kind of leads into, uh, I don't know what I noticed about the whole partying aspect of it. It's got a very, on the surface, this would be a song that you would like hear a bunch of like 18 year olds be saying, Oh YOLO, whatever, we're gonna party, it's <laughs> yeah. whatever, we're gonna crash the car. But she's relating the party to the relationship that she was in. I guess, like you said, it's just I don't want to give it. It gives it a deeper much. a deeper understanding of like her and how she's processing it, I think. Yeah, I think this song as because it seems like it would be the other single on this album to me. Yeah. Which after Greenlight being the first single that I heard where it was very generic and poppy, this song relates to the album on a deeper level than the other one. Yeah. So, like, that's one of the things that made me like this song. Like, because the whole album's titled Melodrama. And yep. it gets, like, it makes a deeper connection. And this song specifically, I feel like, connects with that theme because it's talking about the the excitement of i mean not good excitement but the excitement <laughs> of a blood yeah i mean it's crash. melodrama it's, it's it's exaggerated right yeah. it's not necessarily to be taken literal but yeah i agree but the louvre the louvre it's the louvre a, how do you feel about this uh, song track four uh the louvre this is one of the other songs that i really really enjoy on this album are, are we are we one of the same on this still or are, or are we splitting ways here we're, we're parting ways here oh that's unfortunate happening. so last week I kind of teased that uh, there might be some some more trivia or some some fun facts buried in this album uh, one of which was that she wrote the prior song with with two of Lou who I'm a fan of uh, this song the Louvre was produced by flume oh okay okay. They're, they're both from New Zealand. Um, they've both worked kind of together. Uh, I actually found Lord because Flume did a remix of a song of her first album off of her first album. And I really dug it. So like 
uh, I went and checked out her first album. It's so much better than Royals, which is why I think I kind of fucked up by recommending this album. But uh, yeah, I actually really enjoy this song. Uh, it kind of has uh, a dirty guitar plucking. It's it's not really dirty in the sense that it's not clean because it is clean guitar. There's not a lot of distortion to it, but it's kind of like palm muted in like low notes that kind of give it a dirty feel to me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's it's really cool musically because it, it kind of starts with that just kind of like thumping on some lower notes or whatever. And then there's like a synth rumble that builds behind the guitar and then the drums kick in as she kind of hits the the pinnacle of this song where she says broadcast the boom 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 and make them all dance to it yeah and it doesn't have a drop in a traditional sense at that point but it has a, a flume feel to to the drop that kind of yeah. kicks through and maybe it's just because i'm aware that he he produced it that i was looking for that and i made that connection but uh it kind of has a good like flow to that drop for lack of better words yeah i think the thing that kind of kept me from it is i got a very fun like not fun but like the band fun vibe from the chorus and that i think that kept me from or not the chorus from the verses and that yeah i think that kept me from fully getting into it i guess sure like, i haven't actually listened to to most of fun's music i only know that the one song that, that yeah. got huge yeah, but, it's, uh, I'm not a fan of Nate Nate Roos Roos. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his voice, so I can understand the 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 disdain if you if you're making connection to music that you don't like. I I totally get that. Yeah, uh, I was, will say uh, lyrically, uh, unless you had something to add real quick before no, that. No, no, no. Uh, lyrically, she is completely fallen for the person that was probably introduced in Homemade Dynamite. It seems, uh, and the song title actually comes. Uh, I'm going to read two verses, or I guess it's one verse, but two two little sections here that come back to back, because I think it's important. She says, uh, I'll blow all my friendships to sit in hell with you, but we're the greatest. They'll hang us in the Louvre. Down the back, but who cares? Still the Louvre. And yeah. then she immediately follows that up, that sense of like greatness, with, okay, I know that you are not my type. Still I fall. I'm just a sucker who let you fill her mind, but what about love? There's nothing wrong with it. And that kind of implies that while she thinks they're the greatest and she's enjoying this, this rush of new romance, she knows it's not going to work out. She knows that this is kind of a short term uh, thing, which I thought was an interesting contrast to, to nail those lyrics back to back. Definitely. Like I picked up on that. Like the fact of a young relationship is what she was talking about. Not all. I kind of saw it as not only a young relationship in the sense that it's early on in a relationship, but young, it's, it's probably between two younger people. Like, yeah. But if the person she's talking about is who you were saying at the beginning with nine, being nine years older, maybe it's just from her perspective then. And that's why I was thinking that it kind of seems like she's very, she puts a lot of emphasis on, kind of the honeymoon phase of a relationship a lot in this album really in the whole album the beginning part where it's all huge and emotions are over the moon and yeah stuff like that very melodramatic (laughs) yeah exactly huh album's called melodrama (laughs) who would have thought yeah uh and and i'm not really sure how much of the song is 
about that one guy or if it's about her trying out other people in in the wake of all of this relationship so it, it's kind of weird to have the album start off with what is clearly a breakup and then kind of go into this uh, other short-term relationship it seems in my eyes but i guess it could still be about kind of her looking back uh on the past of of the things which she does a couple times throughout this album yeah uh, especially later in the album i think but yeah. uh with that liability track number five this is the third of my like really really top-notch songs on this album okay this is my uh, second one just to put okay it out there. so so my three big ones are out. i still like a bunch of other songs throughout the rest of this album but those are the three big ones for me uh it's a very like short sweet sad boy song is what i wrote uh it's it's only piano and vocals and with those vocals she she almost raps certain lyrics and stuff yeah um but the, the hook of it is uh you say i'm a liability or what what is she, i don't have the actual lyrics written down but uh fuck i should have looked this up before i don't know spouting on about it lyrics but it's like the general sense you're, of, she says you're a little much for me i'm a yeah. liability or something like to that, to that effect i was going to say you're uh, too so this, much the for song me. is yeah the, the song is her kind of thinking that she she's always going to be a liability to someone and she has to accept that and realize that she has to focus on herself. If she can't, if everyone else is going to see her as this kind of weight that's holding them back, then she has to focus on herself. And I actually didn't realize this uh, because, again, I don't focus on lyrics often. Uh, I've sang this song to myself in the car a, f- a few times. Uh, I say a few, a few dozen times. <laughs> but um, there, there are lyrics that, I, I didn't really notice before, but she says, so I guess I'll go home into the arms of the girl that I love. The only love that I haven't screwed up. She's so hard to please, but she's a forest fire. I do my best to meet her demands, play at romance. We slow dance in the living room, but all that a stranger would see is one girl swaying alone, stroking her cheek, uh, which is obviously her talking about herself, but I, I never, I guess I never really picked up on that. I always assumed that, that she had, uh, kind of like another lover, maybe a roommate that she was kind of personifying. Yeah, uh, this thing. But I thought that was kind of a neat transition. Definitely, like it's a very relatable emotion, feeling. Kind of, it made me think of all the relationships or friendships in the past, and what she was talking about, like friends or people in your life who are only there when it's fun and easy. She talks about right people who are like you're too much or i'm t- too much for you or yeah what, whatever the lyrics she, she she sings it from the perspective of someone else she said they say you're yeah, a little much for me you're yeah. a liability and it's i don't know it's a really relatable feeling yeah absolutely there's i like that there's this is a breakup album but there's hints of self-care in there where yeah. she is talking about working on her own personality because even though most of the time when you're feeling like that, it's not really you. It's the way that somebody else is just kind of use. Not I don't want to say using you, but there's plenty of people out there yeah. who only stick around when it's easy. There's plenty of people who only stick around when it's convenient for them. 
and it especially can, when you're that young yeah like that's the thing this whole album is being written from a person who's not even in in the u.s of age to like drink yet you're not right. fully an adult i guess i mean yeah. not saying that she's not mature <laughs> i can't right. i can't but, write but she songs was like this she was very young yeah. and it's the way you feel at that time is if somebody tells you that you're gonna think it's is it me like you gotta yeah you're trying to cope with the fact that it could be my personality maybe i am just too much maybe i'm too intense because there are points in the album where she talks about i mean she focuses on the honeymoon phase of relationships a few times in the album which is just showering each other whenever you're a teenager showering each other with emotions love she talks about all that type of stuff and i don't know it's it's just nice to hear from a younger person who can think to put out the message that it's <laughs> yeah. good to have self-care in in these times of like typical teenagers would be like my world's ending and there is a little bit of that <laughs> in the album but i don't know it's just nice to hear a positive message yeah i think that message is is getting uh, a bit more prominent nowadays yeah. um this was re- re- this album released in 2017 so i think this was kind of on the brink of that or maybe it, it things had been steering in that direction for a while um but it, it still takes guts to kind of like make a song about that and put that positivity forward like you said and i, I think people can only benefit from that yeah so, good on her for doing so well the next song hard feelings slash loveless slash it's a it's a wombo combo <laughs> Long playing track. Uh, so the first one, hard. Yeah, it's feelings. like six minutes long, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, six I think minutes like, seven seconds. Yeah, the first half, I guess, which is it's really like four minutes or whatever. But hard feelings. It's straight up just about the end of a relationship, but it also talks about taking care of yourself after the end, like to piggyback off of the last one, because this is she's talking about taking care of herself the way she would have taken care of the other person in the relationship. Right. Putting that effort into herself, which is, like I said, it's a good way to go because a lot of people can get really misguided in the end of a relationship, not knowing what to do. But if you put your positive energy that you're putting into your relationship, into yourself, you're going to come out a better person and better for it. Yeah, absolutely. And she, she, I think this is like, the most real description of dealing with a breakup that you'll hear in pop music. She's kind of, she's like reflecting on the good times a little bit and admitting that she still maybe has some feelings for that. She misses him, but she's also, she also says she's letting go of things like little things until she's so far away from him that, that they can finally like that. She can finally like move on, which is, is maybe kind of part of tying back to green light. She's still kind of, She's working on herself and letting go bit by bit until she can finally move on. Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't know. It's just a good... I think she did a good job in naming this track, too. Like, hard feelings kind of makes you think of no hard feelings or something. Like, it's going to be something maybe bitter or something. Yeah, it's it's not a clean cut. Yeah, but then she's in the song, she's talking about, no, these are hard feelings to deal with. But she's talking about her own feelings, right. dealing with 
like they are hard feelings, but she's talking about how to deal with them. And I don't know. I like, yeah. I like this half of the song. Really? See, I like the other half better, but, uh, before, before we get into that, cause I actually have separate notes for this. Um, hard feelings ends, I guess it doesn't necessarily end with it, but towards the end of hard feelings, there are a lot of interesting sound effects that she has going on. That sounds like, like metal being warped, like metal yep. cables, like warping and bending a little bit, uh, which is definitely not something that, uh, you would necessarily expect to hear in a pop album. Yeah. I was not expecting it at all. Like it sounded like, it sounded like you were in a factory or yeah. something and you could hear which I'm, I'm not crazy about but i thought it was cool that she that she's kind of like trying to put stuff like that in there just to kind of see what happens see that's what part of what made me like it is because it was just so out of left field that it just kind of yeah. shook it up a little bit <laughs> that's fair uh not loveless even... is the second half oh, i'm sorry yeah. go ahead. oh i was gonna say not to say that loveless like i don't hate loveless or anything but right. I don't know. Her voice in this one just kind of gets to me a little bit. Yeah, I, I can hear that. And they, they have some weird like filtering, it seems going on with her voice in this one specifically. But uh, the way I look at Loveless is it's like a bonus track that's kind of dropped in the middle of the album. Yeah. So it maybe doesn't necessarily flow with it, but uh, it, it feels like it's not super fleshed out. Um, but it, it, I don't know. It, it's catchy and it kind of reminds me of, uh, a bonus track from the first album. So maybe that's why I like it. Cause that bonus track is one of my favorite songs from that album, but, yeah. um, well, it, it, it's, it, it starts off with, uh, a sample. It has two samples actually. Uh, one of which is, uh, a Paul Simon sample, Ooh, where I didn't it's just catch him, that. him talking he he just says I, I don't remember what he says but he it's is a sample from his album graceland that uh she apparently listened to a lot of during the, the recording of this album but it also has the the drum fill from in the air tonight by phil collins oh my god that kind of like leads into to loveless and it, it's modified a little bit like i think it's just a clip of that but they they've added some effects to it to make it sound not 100 percent the same but yeah, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's got a big like bass beat to it. Uh, has some, some interesting samples, like I mentioned, and then some like light keys come in with her vocals and I don't know. I just, I, just, I really to, enjoy it. Musically. Yeah, I'll have to give it another shot because, uh, I, I love the song Graceland by Paul Simon. I've never heard the whole album, but, uh, I like the song and the message, I will say, the message on Loveless, I really like, and I feel like it does a really good job of leading in to the next track, because it's it's talking about, I don't know, from her perspective, it seems like she's talking about the current generation. and Yeah, kind of a, she says they're a loveless generation. Yeah, and kind of the, they get wrapped up in the melodrama. It's talking about kind of the narcissism kind of the malice that you can feel towards another person because of these high emotions in a relationship. It almost seems like she's hinting at they're addicted to this type of emotion rather than the relationship itself, which she doesn't actually go out and say, but it just seems like a hint towards it, which is why I think it's a good. Yeah. I mean, she's pretty much saying like you want to hurt. She, she says like, uh, bet you're gonna rip my heart out. 
something, something. You, it's pretty much you saying like, you want to hurt my feelings? That's fine. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Because I never really loved you. And that's yeah. just kind of like how this generation is. Yeah. It, 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 at least in, in this song, it's what she's kind of alluding to. Not to say that somebody from her generation can't actually love someone. But, yeah. And uh, not to say that people in past generations didn't feel the exact same way. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it, it's good to kind of call out that she, it, I mean, it expresses how she felt at a time and at a point in time. Yeah. And she putting, she's putting it out there. Right. Uh, which I, I think is, it's, it's the point of music, I think. Is to kind of a point she just, makes in a later express song. yourself. Boom. <laughs> not not the next song, but a later song. <laughs> the next song, "Sober 2, which is also titled "Melodrama." It's got a double title uh, because it's the second part, I guess, of "Sober," which was the second track on the album. But this is also the title track, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's got it's a nice like string and piano intro that kind of gives way to to simple just vocals and piano chords for the first vo- verse which musically I think is, is pleasing to me. Um, but yes, this is, so if sober was her going and partying to fill a void in her life that was left by her ex, this song is the aftermath of that party. Um, and it kind of comes back in the str- with the strings and some bass. And then it goes into like a full on hip hop beat, which was yeah. kind of a, a fun to, to bop to, I think. Yeah, this is, it's not one of my top three. We still have yet to get right. to that song yet. But I, I have a feeling I know which one it is, but we'll see. Oh, really? Huh. I'm, I'm playing the guessing game this week. <laughs> oh, shit. But, like, this, it it continues the theme from Loveless, where it's talking about, I don't know, it's talking about how people love the drama associated with things rather than things themselves. Talking yeah. about everyone's either killing or kissing each other and killing it for the drama, I guess. Yeah. It it, it calls attention to all of the, she says glamor and trauma that's caused by being in a relationship and the horror. I I can't, and the horror. (laughs) Yeah. She's got that. She, she, there's not a lot of moments where you can tell that she has uh, an accent, but yeah, she says horror instead of horror. But I couldn't do that. If I was writing a song, yeah, she I she could... rhymes trauma and and horror and Man. melodrama. I I need to get that New Zealand accent if I'm ever if I'm ever <laughs> writing songs. I need to have that in my repertoire. Yeah, you have to be able to change accents at will just to rhyme things. <laughs> but yeah, it does. It's a very good quote unquote title track because it's yeah. halfway a title track of the <laughs> yeah. album. Because I don't know, it does a good job of kind of tying all these threads together where it's talking about these huge emotions regarding a breakup and it's talking about people fantasizing what people glam- see of that yeah yeah like glamorizing these huge emotions or being addicted to these emotions and this is the only reason they do things rather than yeah. being committed to a relationship i guess or committed to whatever they're doing because in this song it's not to me, it wasn't only about a relationship. It was about just life in general. Your di- people yeah. are all about the big things, the huge, newsworthy, whatever tabloid. Yeah, things. especially as a celebrity. Yeah, I'm going to take a stab in the dark here uh, and say that 
the next track, Rider in the Dark, was your third favorite track. Is that correct? Segway, and you're correct. Boom! Nailed it. It's two two solid segues. Oh my I think, god! Uh, from from me today. So I'm gonna mark that one down in my little notepad here. <laughs> Man, you can feed uh, off the good energy of that for at least a week. <laughs> Let's hope so. I hope I can do, get another one next week. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this is simply because, like, okay, the the music of it is very simple to make. Yep, you it's pay another attention. piano piece. Yeah, it's to make you pay attention to the lyrics. And, uh, man, it's, this song made me have like a revelation about this album, which I don't know if it's true, but in my head canon of this album, it is true. Sure. And that's all that matters. (laughs) She's talking about gaining fame at an early age and it's overwhelming at first. She's trying to please everyone. She's trying to look good. She's trying to be that perfect, whatever feels all this pressure on her shoulders. Yep. And it's I alluded to it earlier where you were talking about having this audience as a good outlet making music. Like it's this is the song where she talks about the time when she realized that having an audience and being creative is a good outlet for these emotions and it's a good way to express yourself kind of a therapy type thing. And she's Yeah. And it And I I I just think that like I don't know, this song actually fell a bit flat for me um, because I guess I didn't really use this track as an epiphany moment. Uh, it, it felt like at this point in the album, she's not really introducing any new concepts to, to it lyrically. She's just kind of rehashing what she got to in earlier songs, uh, at least from what I got out of it. I think it's a, it's a great, uh, it's musically, it's fine. I enjoy listening to it but I feel like it doesn't have a whole lot of substance to it that hasn't already been covered in other songs on this album. Well, how's this for an epiphany? This whole album, when she's talking about a breakup, and you thought it was about a guy, it's about fame itself, and she's talking about her relationship with fame itself from from being famous at such a, at such a young age. She's It's the glamour of fame. It's the tabloid nature of fame. Fame is killing people. Fame is people kissing people. <laughs> it's it's all connected. And she's talked. This whole album is her coming to terms with her own relationship with the fame that she was given at such a young age. I think that is very valid. Um, and and because I, I I don't think there is a right or wrong answer. First of all, but uh, I I think it's kind of a combination. Right, it's her dealing with a breakup at such a time in her life that she can have the same epiphany with her life and her career. Uh, so it's it's about the breakup, but it's also about, uh, I guess the the status that she has as a celebrity. So kind of like what you said, uh, I'm not leaning fully into that tinfoil hat time <laughs> uh, like you, but yeah, I just I, I again I didn't have that epiphany for this track. So it it other than having that mind blowing alteration, it doesn't have a lot of new uh, concepts necessarily brought in. I thought, you know, I'll I'll give you that. It it doesn't advance the plot too much if if you take out that huge plot point that I <laughs> threw in there. <laughs> if you just ignore everything, it's totally fine. <laughs> the, the next track though. Uh, Supercut, I 
I, I don't necessarily love this track. I don't necessarily hate it. I think it has some really cool bits to it. Yeah. Um, this song is seems to be more of a reflective song where she's thinking that that all she's seeing is the good memories, all the good times she had. It's a supercut, which is just like a compilation of all of the good times that that she had, uh, and more so fighting with herself and coming to terms with that she thinks she's doing everything right and maybe she's not and she's just kind of blinding herself or clouding herself or, or leading her to believe that she's uh innocent in in this whole situation because she only sees the good things um but yeah i i thought musically there, there's a, a very interesting point uh when she gets to the pre-chorus, she kind of changes it up and there's some beat, but like the second time I think she gets to it, it just something about it. There's some like synth. Uh, we're just going to play a clip here. In your car, the radio up. In your car, the radio up. We keep trying to talk about us. Slow motion, I'm watching our love. It, it's just, it's so good. It, it's kind of got a little bit, not necessarily silence in it. But the the it's kind of going from noisy to not noisy to noisy to not noisy Definitely. to use my own language against me. Uh, it's just it's so satisfying to me. Yeah, it does, especially because like the song it starts off with kind of that distinct dance beat. It's very yeah, very, which I'm not very, crazy about. Yeah, but then it changes into like you said the very I don't know I I don't want to say too complex, but <laughs> I. I don't know. I th- for especially for a pop song, which I know we've kind of talked about this whole album. It's not. I don't know. I don't consider this. We keep shitting on pop music. Yeah, and like the reality of this is, I enjoy most pop music. Uh, I don't know about most, but I enjoy a lot of pop music. Joey doesn't have that kind of background, which is why we're kind of uh, reviewing this album, and we're going to be doing some more pop albums in the future, just because uh, I think he's missing out on on a section. But that's not to say we can't criticize pop music. Yeah, like we there there are a lot of valid complaints, I think, and, with pop music. Yeah, and just the the general stereotype of like, oh, yeah. it's overproduced, whatever, whatever. Like, there's this is this album is kind of showing me with with songs like this, with songs like even homemade dynamite, which is that to me <laughs> that seems like a pretty stand, like it seems like a pop song, but yeah. whenever you really listen to it, it ends up being more especially with the beat especially with the music it ends up being more than just your typical oh i'm gonna throw in four chords oh i'm gonna have this person with right the perfect i'm voice so excited it. to share with share with you uh some some two flu and some other dark pop stuff that i that i have on the list but uh back to this album <laughs> the, the the next track uh liability reprise it's not not common that you hear a, a reprisal in a pop album yeah. But uh it's it's an apt name. It's 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 a reprisal of the song Liability, which we talked about. It's the fifth track on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh this is the tenth track, so we're kind of at the end of the album here. There's still one more track after this one. But uh it's a pretty meta track in that yeah. uh she she's reflecting on what the party is throughout this whole album. She kind of uses the party as like a metaphor for for her life experiences thus far. And uh it's been kind of, she's been she's kind of calling herself on maybe glamorizing it and saying that the party is just the good bits and yeah. so the song is, is she's kind of reflecting on liability and and she's kind of acknowledging that maybe the low parts are just part of it, it it's it's all one and the same 
she also comes to terms with the fact that she's not a liability uh, yeah. in, in the song. And she's kind of giving her more self-worth that we've kind of touched on uh, a couple times throughout the album. But I really enjoy how the song ends and that she she kind of it feels like a satisfying into the relationship that maybe she has the closure and the last thing you hear in the song is just her saying leave which i think calls back to the earlier songs where she's letting little bits of him go until she can leave and at this point she's she's there and ready to go on to the next thing definitely like i man you know what this is making me realize that I think I really like more than three songs on this album. Yeah, there are a lot of good ones. Because <laughs> uh, I, I really like this song, too. Much like the first Liability, it's, uh, she, does, she has a vocal effect with her, with yeah. her singing. That it, it reminds me of like Imogen Heap. Im, Imogen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Imogen, I can Imogen, see that. Like, like that kind of layered, very layered right. vocal type thing kind of harmonizing with yourself but not really harmonizing i guess yeah it's i don't know the music in it is good at least the vocal type music in it is good and like you said she talks about what the party is that she's been talking about this whole album and it it kind of made me think like this song may reinforce kind of the thought that maybe the fame is the party the relationship is the party the drama is the melodrama itself is the party and she's kind of reflecting on it and finding a way to live with all of those things either ending or not can not being what they what she thought they were right like i don't know just taking things for what they are now yeah definitely it's it's a very reflective song, like you said, a very meta song. It is, and it opens her up to, uh, I think, the next track, the final track on the album. So it, it makes a good segue, unlike some of my segues <laughs> for this, <laughs> this album. Um, but the the last track, uh, "Perfect Places." So, music wise, it it sounds like an easy breezy pop song to kind of yeah. end on. But it, it kind of like follows the cycle, I think, or it or perpetuates a cycle, in my opinion, musically at least, where it kind of goes back to the green light style music. Definitely. I feel like this song lyrically has more substance, though. So, yeah, I agree. I like I like this song more. Um, but like it talks about this song makes me it kind of. Reinforced all my thoughts about the young current generation is who she's kind of speaking to or speaking from their perspective. It talks about like youth dealing with issues coming from kind of their addiction to the melodrama or their glorification of the drama of all these events and kind of thinking to the future, wanting to end up in that perfect place, but not necessarily knowing how to get there whenever they're engaging in all these events that cause all this drama. And I don't, I don't know. I just like the message I had a of it. Slightly, I had a slightly different perspective on this song. Um, she, she's like, she's talking about going to perfect places via, you know, taking things. She says things, uh, which in my mind points to drugs or alcohol or whatever, and not being able to, to be alone. So you're, you're, you're being told that like 
yeah, there's a perfect place out there. You just have to find it. And so she's, she's taking things. She's, she's getting drunk. She's partying to try to, to convince herself that she's so close to this perfect place or, or maybe that that perfect place is a state of high or, or some, something that's not real. It's, it's like a facade kind of a thing. Um, but it, it kind of ends in a better place when she's, she's kind of questioning that she's questioning her own actions. She's saying that there's not really such a thing as a perfect place, despite her constant need to try to find that, which I think shows character growth on her person. Um, and she, the, the song kind of ends with her re- repeating a phrase. She says, all these nights spin off our faces trying to find these perfect places. What the fuck are perfect places anyway? Which I think is a very like strong message to end uh, the album from my perspective of what this song is anyway. I think I like your version better. Well, you can't have it. It's mine. <laughs> yes, that, uh, <laughs> that is better, I think. It's a more apt ending to this album than the stupid shit that I just said. Yeah, I mean, just because like so much of the album is referring to to life as a party, right? Yeah. She's kind of she's kind of reflecting on that, like she did in the li- liability reprise. But she's furthermore saying, like, look, the party, like, even though the 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 music is a bit more upbeat, maybe kind of leading into a cyclical thing uh, musically, she's kind of reflecting on it and saying, like all of this, this, this party is, it's a facade. There, there's, there's no end to it. There's no substance to it. I'm, I've just been doing it to like occupy my time because I, I can't handle being alone after this breakup or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that, that perfect place doesn't exist that I've been trying to get to, which I, I like that as, as a sad boy and a real boy, like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of good to like level set and say like, life's not glamorous. Like there's, there's a lot of, downs in life and you can't just try to cling to highs you can't just deal with that whether that's a literal high or a figurative high you can't like you can't focus on that you have to let yourself experience the lows in order to get better i guess that explains why the album cover is mostly blue (laughs) yeah it's it's very blue and again synesthesia i wonder i i'm fascinated with synesthesia i wish i had it even though i probably wouldn't want it but uh, i don't, I don't know, know. I, I wonder if it actually like affects things people with synesthesia out there comment like whatever <laughs> yeah let's get lord to comment on this uh hey, lord. And, and tell us i think she did an interview where she kind of talked about it for this album um, which is probably where that snippet that i saw that she had synesthesia came from but uh I'm, I, I didn't look into it because <laughs> who needs research we're yeah. just two dudes talking about an album <laughs> but that's the charm of it we don't know it anything. Is. We We're don't know so anything. goddamn charming. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, anyways, um, that's that's the end of the album. So uh, I mentioned before that I've fucked up. I think in recommending this album because a lot of it musically is very dancey and it doesn't seem to have a lot of substance to it. It seems like you managed to get some of that substance, but her first album, uh, Pure Heroin is the name of it, but it's not heroin as the drug heroin is like the, the female variant of hero. Yeah. Um, it's, it's got a darker feel to it. Like in all of the music, it's, it's almost like Gothic, uh, kind of, it's considered dark pop is, is the genre, the subgenre of pop that I really like lean into. And I think a lot of Tovlo is considered dark pop and like banks and stuff, which we might get into. 
at some point, but I, I think I like her first album musically better, even if uh, it, it doesn't have as much lyrical substance, I guess, to it. Um, especially like, I don't, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this and people are going to call me pretentious. I do believe that Royals is the worst song on that album. Not that it's a horrible song, but every other song on that album is so much better to me. You hipster. Yeah, I know. It, it I, is what it is. I can't <laughs> believe you don't like the popular song. That's <laughs> Big fucking surprise. Jeremy doesn't like the popular <laughs> song. Uh, but yeah, so back to melodrama. Um, we we kind of t- touched on it. But it's, it is melodrama to its core. It's it's a very sensational, dramatic piece, I think, with a lot of exaggerated events that's that's kind of talking about emotions in a very flamboyant way, which I think is a great name for the album. Um, she uses it to, to process her breakup, I think, uh, in your case with fame and your belief, um, in my case with just a dude. But <laughs> but it's it's kind of interesting to hear her process things throughout the course of the album and, and le- yeah. ending up in that kind of character growth that I, that I mentioned at the end. Um, that being said, I, I, I love several tracks on this, like homemade dynamite, the Louvre, liability, loveless, sober Two slash melodrama. Like there's a lot of them that are good just for the music alone. Not that the yeah. lyrics aren't equally good, but that's just kind of where I, where, where my mind goes. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I'm, with music, I guess, more forgiving than you, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. More, I'm kind of more, an asshole about music sometimes. <laughs> I, I tend to just like most things. Or at least, I, I guess I wouldn't say I like most things. I, you see the merit in most things. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah. And while there are a few songs on here that I'm kind of like, eh, about... yeah. I'm definitely like I'll listen to this album again and I'll check out Pure Heroin after this which I would not have done had I not listened to this album. So right. I think it ended up working out because I mean, Good. I don't know. Maybe let, let me know what you think of Pure Heroin when you listen to that. Um I I'm glad I wouldn't have chosen this as an entry point into pop, but uh, you kind of called it out last week when we were trying to decide what album to do. Um, and I, I just kind of ran with it. Uh, Tovlo, Tovlo uh, might be more up your alley. It might be less up your alley. Fuck if I know. Uh, I guess we're going to find out at some point in the in the, the future. Maybe but I'll be dark pop. Maybe. I'll be a dark pop guy. I, I am. Uh, I think it's great. But uh, not next week. Next week we're going to be discussing Igor, <gasps> Igor, 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 by Tyler the Creator, um, which is hip hop for those uh, unfamiliar. For those not give a, give a little background, give, give some some context here. S- some context, not it's not too Tyler much. The... Okay, okay. Let me think. How can I how can I give context without giving too much context? It's by <laughs> Tyler the Creator. It's not necessarily like like his early stuff like uh i don't know i listen to like his early stuff kind of around the time of like tron cat and she and the those type of songs right 
but this is almost nothing like that. This interesting. I wouldn't even call this album full like it's not a rap album. It's, okay. Are, are guess, we getting into Childish Gambino Awaken My Love kind of territory? Or? I mean, it's kind of like hip-hop, R&B type, type sort of thing. And okay. it's... So not, not too far away, but distant. Uh, yeah. It's not, like, it's not like rap in the sense of if you would have listened to Tyler the Creator six years ago, you would think of rap. It's completely different, I'd say. But... Okay. It's very story driven and I like it. Like there's a very direct narrative to follow. And I don't know. We'll see we'll see what you think of it. Yeah, I, I have very little slash no exposure to Tyler the Creator. I know I've heard snippets of songs, but I couldn't recite any lyrics. I couldn't tell you what the songs were. I wouldn't even be able to like say, Oh yeah, that's the song I heard kind of a thing. So uh we'll we'll see how this goes. Um, and until then, if you guys want to reach out to us, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, leave comments, tweet us, you know, we'll, we'll respond. We ain't got nothing better to do. Yeah. Wow. That was really Southern of me. We ain't got nothing better to do. We don't have anything Jeez. better to do. We're not even <laughs> from the South, man. We're, we're not even doing? Southern. It's just, there's some <laughs> of those, those language things that come through, but yeah, we're, we're all over the place. Uh, you can yeah. find us anywhere. Uh, leave us some likes, leave us some love. Uh, it'll, it'll go a long way uh, and we'll respond. Even just look at the picture because apparently Facebook tracks that, that, that just freaks me <laughs> out. Those little numbers at the bottom where it's like 43 people have viewed your post this week. Yeah. Do you want to promote this for $5? So 95% more people can see this. <laughs> We're not there yet, but, but maybe someday, maybe if enough people like our stuff and share our stuff around and we get a little bit of following, we'll, 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 we'll get, we'll get somewhere. Maybe. We'll yeah, see. yeah. But uh, maybe we'll enable maybe. ads on our Facebook page. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Well, that's, that's a business discussion. We're not going to do that here. But it's all transparent. Boom. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with with 100 transparency, but I think we should have a separate podcast for doing so, uh, or a separate episode at the very least. Um, oh with that, though, uh, we'll see you next week. And until then, stand our feedback. Bye. Bye.